This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. It's day one of Prince Harry giving evidence in his claim against the publisher of the Daily Mirror. He's the first British royal to give evidence in more than 130 years. This episode of the Leader podcast is brought to you in part from outside the Rolls building of the Royal Courts of Justice in the City of London. Here we have the arrival of a Range Rover with its hazard lights flashing, crawling in to or rather August cul-de-sac with the world's media assembled hoping to catch that shot Prince Harry wearing a navy blue suit flanked by his security detail gets out of the Range Rover and into court with a brief good morning to the assembled press he now is going through the metal detector and breezes through there's certainly no pat-down for the Duke of Sussex today. He's suing Mirror Group newspapers for damages, claiming journalists at its titles, which also include the Sunday Mirror and Sunday People, were linked to methods including phone hacking, so-called blagging, or gaining information by deception, and the use of private investigators for unlawful activities. It's one of six cases he has on the go currently, but Prince Harry came under fire on Monday after it was revealed he didn't turn up for the first day of his phone hacking case against MGN because he was celebrating Princess Lilibet's birthday at home in California. With the latest ahead of Harry's much-awaited appearance, likely to be solo without his wife, the Duchess of Sussex, we're joined by Evening Standard Courts correspondent Tristan Kirk. Tristan, why is Harry in London? Well, Harry's in London today to give evidence in one of uh, a series of legal claims that he's brought against the British media. He's giving evidence about alleged phone hacking at the Mirror Group newspaper across 15 or so years between uh, 1996 and 2011. He says he was the victim of unlawful news gathering, phone hacking, blagging and intrusions into his private life. This is a a landmark moment uh, in British legal history. Members of the royal family traditionally don't give evidence in court cases. They very rarely take part in, in legal cases at all. This isn't the only case that he's got sort of in the system right now. Could you give us uh, an overview of what else he's got going on legally right now? Prince Harry alleges that he's been the victim of phone hacking and unlawful news gathering uh, at the hands of several different newspaper groups. He's brought legal claims against the Mirror Group, against uh, News UK, which is the publisher of The Sun, and also against Associated Newspapers, which is the publisher of The Daily Mail. Why wasn't he in court yesterday for, this very, uh, for the start of this very big case? 
yesterday at the High Court was the opening speeches in Harry's individual case. It was always expected to be opening speeches from lawyers, but the judge had told Harry to be there just in case he was needed to give evidence. And as that came to pass, close to four o'clock in the afternoon, he could have been giving evidence. However... He had decided not to attend court yesterday, perhaps on the advice of his lawyers. He'd been at his daughter Lilibet's birthday party on the Sunday and flown over from LA to the UK, and he didn't attend court on Monday, perhaps expecting that Tuesday would really be the day when he'd give evidence. For the MGM case today, what is MGM's defence? MGM says that there isn't the evidence there to support... Uh, the case that Harry and others are bringing, that there's no direct evidence of him being phone hacked and that apart from one specific incident uh, involving a nightclub in 2004, there's no evidence to support his claims that he was subjected to other forms of unlawful news gathering. We've often heard the British courts, the preserve of the mega-rich. Um, any indication on how much all this would could possibly be costing the Duke and how he's paying for it? Well, the, the mega-rich is right. You don't bring cases like this unless you've got substantial funds behind you and you can afford the risk of, uh, of losing and having to pay out not just your own legal costs but also the costs of the other side. Now, in, in a case that um, Harry brought against um, the Home Office recently and, and lost, uh, was defeated in the High Court, it was estimated he'll have to fork out something like £500,000 in legal costs because of that defeat. Now that was a limited case that hadn't gone to trial and hadn't expended potentially hundreds of hours of, of lawyers and, and others working on the case. So with this claim against Mirror Group newspapers and his other claims, he must have a war chest into the several millions of pounds, if not the tens of millions of pounds, in case he loses uh, and in case he has to shoulder the costs. With the case against the Home Office and the request for the Met Police protection, which has already gone through one round in court, what is the latest with that? Harry brought two claims against the Home Office related to his protection, his security detail that was taken away from him when he stepped down as a working royal. One of those cases was about the decision-making process and that the way that uh, his offer to fund his protection was turned down. He lost that case. That's not going to judicial review at the moment. However, a second case that he's brought about the decision itself is going through to a full judicial review. So early next year, we should see a fairly titanic clash between Prince Harry and the Home Office over whether his security and his protection should come out of the Met Police's resources and whether that in the future, perhaps for the rest of his life, he should have the same protection as other members of the royal family. We are back in the studio. Now let's go to the ads coming up. We'll hear from Tristan how Prince Harry got on in the witness box and what his bombshell statement contained. Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Now we've got details of Prince Harry's bombshell 25,000 plus words witness statement from Tristan who joins us on the line as the court takes a break. Tristan, what were some of the witness written statement highlights? It's a sizable witness statement put forward by Prince Harry. He's taken aim squarely at the media at large, accused uh, at least the tabloid press of having blood on their hands in the way that they have reported stories and gone after their targets over the years. He suggested that not only the media, but also the government of today is at rock bottom. And it is his duty as a member of the royal family, as a former soldier and somebody in the public eye with the finances to do it to take up this campaign and to go after elements of the media who he believes have been acting unlawfully and in an unprincipled manner in order to uh, change the way that journalism works in the future. Uh, some other parts of his statement touch on his um, his relationship with Chelsea Davy and the way that that was uh, effectively wrecked by the media attention on the relationship and also his uh, relationship with his mother, Princess Diana, and some of the things that are said to have happened to her in the month before she died when it said there was messages being intercepted and her phone calls being listened to. And his key witness box points from your ringside seat? Well, perhaps the first thing to notice is something that you'd only know if you're in court and following proceedings live is that although Prince Harry has a very, very prominent uh, voice on these issues and has uh, metaphorically been shouting about them for some time, He's actually really softly spoken and at times can be quite difficult to hear. But he's putting across his points under cross-examination from uh, Mirror Group's barrister, Andrew Green. He says that uh, he has deeply held suspicions about how stories came about, stories about injuries he suffered at school, about his relationships, about his personal life, and drug taking has just featured in the evidence. He suspects it was unlawful news gathering, phone hacking, and he's relying very heavily on the Mirror Group having already admitted widespread practices within its newspapers in the past. The questions are centred on how exactly Harry knows that uh, he particularly was phone hacked and certain stories came from illegal means. How do you rate the Duke of Sussex's calibre for answering questions under cross-examination? I think considering Prince Harry doesn't do this uh, normally, this is his first time in the witness box, uh, he's holding up 
well under cross-examination. He's clear, he's um, clear-eyed in, in what he's saying and the meaning he's trying to bring across. He's obviously an intelligent man and he, he studied the, the documents, the stories and the evidence in this case incredibly closely and has a very good grasp on his brief going through the documents and picking out certain aspects that support his case. The difficulty for Harry is that he's relying on an inferential case, a case that's built on, on uh, suspicion rather than uh, a smoking gun, if you will. And so he sometimes has to concede quite fairly that he doesn't have specific evidence of phone hacking or unlawful news gathering on a particular story. That's where Mirror Group will be focusing their aim on. What's next and how long will the judgment take? The rest of Harry's evidence is going to last uh, until around about Wednesday lunchtime. He's going through each individual story that's complained about. There's 33 of them to go through. So that takes a bit of time. And he's being questioned about uh, his, his evidence and what he's deduced from those particular stories. And he can face some more tough questions on his personal life, the time he was pictured wearing the Nazi uniform, relationship with his father, fallings out with Prince William, that's all still to come. After that, uh, one journalist who was involved in one particular story is due to come to court uh, to give evidence and be questioned by Harry's barrister, and then we'll quickly move the focus on to the people who are bringing the case alongside Prince Harry. Uh, next up is the soap actress Nikki Sanderson, who will start giving her evidence, followed by Michael Lavelle, plays Kevin Webster in Coronation Street, and then finally there's the ex-wife of the comedian Paul Whitehouse, who is the fourth claimant in this case. Beyond that, the closing speeches of the barristers and then the judge, Mr Justice Fancourt, will take it all away, assess the evidence, and I think we can expect a judgment in this particular case at some point before the end of the year. There's more on Tristan's story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at Standard. That's The Leader. We're back on Wednesday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.